0: And he's like, hey, here's a knife. Cut the zip tie over here so I can undo this hose. And so it looked like a dull butter knife. And so it was not. It was not. It was super, super sharp. And it cut through that zip tie like butter. Uh, And then it cut into my hand as well.
1: (laughs) Oh. Yeah. I was not expecting that.
0: They can go to the hospital. So then we went to three different emergency rooms that would not take uh, the VA care. So under Donald, draw that. Under Donald Trump, I was able to go to any hospital and get care. But under a Biden, they reneged all those contracts and they drastically reduced them. So now I there's only certain hospitals I can go to to get care. This is the Farm Hop Life podcast. A traveling homestead family. I'm Matt Derosier. On the Farm Hop Life podcast, we learn what it takes to grow your own food from everyday people. Could be a college student grows tomatoes and salad greens on their apartment patio a former VP of marketing for Del Taco, now raising cattle in Montana, or someone who hasn't had a homestead in over 10 years. This show is aimed at teaching you what it takes to make homesteading work for you, that we all make mistakes, we all have bad days, but we can reach out and help one another thrive and giving you the confidence needed to go feed yourself.
1: We're wondering why there are so many machetes around the property. That the former owner had left? Yeah, the former owner. Like, they're everywhere. Like, you go anywhere on the property. Like, they're in the house. They're in the coops. Carport. Carport shop. Yeah, like, anywhere you go, there's at least, like, one machete. Normally, there's two.
0: And we uh, we come out to go check out the chickens in the morning, and one of the chickens is wrapped around with a snake around it. And I pull it out. I thought the chicken was dead. I just started cutting up the snake. And the chicken survives still alive today. Wow. Nice. Is it always a rattlesnake that you find or No, this was uh like a garter snake. Uh Gardener Gopher Snake. Okay. Yeah. Or the what they they call it a rat snake in Texas. Right. So like so you guys did you guys move there last year or was that this year? So we moved up here this year. We we've been in Texas uh, since 2018. And then for that, I lived in El Paso, Las Cruces, for seven years, but I grew up in California. Sure. So prior to Texas, where were you before that? Uh, California for three years when I met her, and then before that, I was in Las Cruces. But okay. You, well, yeah. I, I was bouncing back and forth between Texas and California. He's prior military, so. Now, military. I see. Military defense as well. Oh, very nice.
1: Well-rounded guy.
0: <laughs> what about you, Christine?
1: Oh, I also grew up in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, I owned and operated my own windshield repair business for twelve years, something like that. I don't yeah, like about twelve years. I was contracted with almost every major lot in the Bay Area, so I was able to accumulate. I was, and I'm a really hard worker. I love working. I'm kind of like a working dog. If I'm not working hard, my brain goes mental, and I just. I need something to focus on and do. So like out of the middle of the business and being able to work hard, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to put as much money away as possible. And actually when I met him, he was the last date of right. I already on Because I was like done with dating. And I was like, I'm just going to save up money. I'm going to buy a farm in Fresno, which no one wants to live in Fresno, but the land is cheap. Everyone calls it Fresno. Um, and I was going to start an in in, in eh, animal rescue.
0: But then you I end, end up moving, in, moving in Texas to seven.
1: You ruined everything, Man.
0: Guys tend to do that.
1: I know. This is so much better than anything that could have happened in Fresno, though. You can know the heat is so much worse.
0: Yeah, her first date, she asked me like a million questions to try to get rid of me.
1: Yeah, I was like, I was like, are you dating to marry? Do you want kids? Like, just, yeah, yeah like, I was like, I'm not messing around here. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I'm dating to marry. The next person I date, I play on Mary. So, if you were going to date me, you need to know that.
0: <laughs> He's like, not even breaking a sweat. No. Like,
1: yeah. His, his old bit yeah. was like, I was married before. It's fine. It's like, that's not the attitude you should have. <laughs> Good blood practice, marriage. Oh, God. That's what his dad says. First thing his dad said to me was, Hey, at least you're not the first wife. And I was like, Oh, thank you. I think. Well,
0: because my dad married times my older brother he's married once before my uh other half brother's been married once before and so my dad's like it's always a practice marriage i guess then it's a compliment he must like you
1: yeah i'm not i was raised to like you get married once so that was. Sure.
0: yeah the 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 uh, family dynamics a little bit different on that side huh
1: oh yeah because i mean my parents have been married for almost 50 years at this point like, wow. lo- lo- like, there are days they love each other, and there are days they hate each other, but they're like, we're married.
0: Sure, Right. What part of Texas are you guys in now? Uh, we're just about 35 minutes north of Colleen, if you know where that's at. Central Texas. I think I've heard of it. You know where Fort Hood is? No. So, Fort Hood is, like, very centralized, dead center of Texas. Um, we're just on the backside of Fort Hood. We okay. have a very small town. Literally, the population is, like, 350 people. Oh, yeah. That's perfect.
1: Yeah, we get a whole bunch of interesting noises from the base. Every once in a while, we'll get a sonic boom or a huge explosion. I said look Clint and I, I'm like, what is that? And he's, like, I don't know. They're just doing stuff on the base. We used to do stuff on the base.
0: Like, Holy trip. <laughs> Fort Cavazos. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. That's what it is. I didn't change the name. Cause they're, okay. Like, want to have the... A- this military base named after a slave owner racist,
1: which I get. But you know, once it's been named something forever, people are going to call it that
0: forever. Okay, I see, yeah, I see. You guys aren't that far outside of Waco, kind of like in between Waco and Austin. All right, yeah, yeah we're an hour to Waco and then an hour and a half. Nice, cool. Yeah, I uh, I had interviewed Amber Oaks Ranch. He's also outside of Austin, but I can't remember which direction. he he's at but um but i I like i like so like amber oaks like the a and the o kind of like anarchy right um i really like your guys's name too so like the the fafo obviously people can figure out what that means uh so how did you decide on naming your farm like fafo so i always tell people like especially during like the whole COVID thing and people just getting really ridiculous like FAFO just started coming out of my own personality and like just embracing this up because I I even ran for city council in Austin too um, before we moved and I I knew I wanted to have some humor in our farm Um, and I knew being in Texas it would definitely blow up um, having FAFO as our farm name um now since our in-laws kind of worked out with us to buy this land because originally what we were going to do is sell our house in Austin and do everything ourselves, uh get a loan but interest rates were just way too high and so what we ended up doing is we sold our house basically bought the alpha 260 sold for 460 um and used the profits to pay off some debt and then a lot of the farm stuff on the property and then our in laws, they sold their rental property in California, did a ten thirty one exchange, so they bought the property over right here, cash in hand, and basically instead of us paying back the bay, we're paying them. I see. Um so it worked out in favor for all of us. That way they still have uh retirement income coming in. They didn't have to get a loan to buy this property. We,
1: yeah. And they're also planning on moving up here soon. They're working on that. My mom grew up a unless she didn't grow up on a farm, but my family comes from farming, and so we as young people, are loaned out to our farming family to help during the spring and fall, and so that's how she grew up too, and she loves it out here. She's just any anytime she's out here, she's just like Ooh. I can't believe this' line. She's so cute. she gets so excited like. It's so cool to see someone just, like, they're, like, when your face lights up and they're truly excited about something, like, they see the possibilities.
0: Right. Yeah. That is... That is always kind of, like, interesting bringing somebody, like, into your space, because, like, it's your space, right? You like it. It, It's what you make it. And, like, are they going to like it? Are they not going to like it? Are they going to, like, crap on it? And then I kind of, like, want you to leave the second you get here. So... Um, that's good that that she uh, that she enjoys being out there and
1: oh yeah
0: has like a go ahead her her family is only one generation separated from the farm basically because her mom's parents were on land yeah my grandma grew up in South Dakota and so Christine's mom and her were the first generations away from the farm full time. Christine's going back. Now, my my family, it goes back a couple of generations, back all the way to World War I, is when we were on far, doing farm life and homesteading life. But we we weren't like ranchers. We were pelters. Pelters? Yeah. So we were pelters going out and getting pelts. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yep, yep. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like my uh, paternal grandfather. Like they were like French Canadian, like fur traders or something like that. Yeah that that kind of thing so wow. yeah it is kind of weird how like art like because i'm in the same boat right like i think you guys are similar. like in your 30s probably it's like yeah. my grandparents also both like both pairs like were on the farm and then my parents like could not leave the farm fast enough and now i'm like hey let's do you like a farm like we're we're like more like homesteading lightly yeah. uh not like full-on farming but uh i'm the only one of like my siblings that does any of this stuff so gotta like get back into uh gotta make make my ancestors happy or something exactly i mean that's basically where we started two years ago like when covid hit and all lockdowns hit like we were kind of isolated and we were big outdoorsy people going hiking all the time we're um working out all the time do all that fun stuff and i mean covid kind of kind of cause us to shift and do a little things differently so we are building like 33 raised garden beds in our backyard we were on a third of an acre um so we're just doing a variety of different growing different crops mm-hmm. and then we a, she's like well let's get chickens so we looked in our HOA can we get chickens no and it's no you can't get chicken we get it anyway but the the city of Austin says as long as your chicken coop is 25 feet from the fence Uh,
1: Lipholes are important.
0: As long as 25 feet from the fence, you can have chickens, no roosters. I was like, okay, well, we're great friends with our neighbor on the left, who they're the only fence line there. And then we got three neighbors on the other side, but we put the coop right next to the fence line where we're good friends with them. We just give them eggs every week. We'll make them happy. The other neighbors can't complain. And so, end up getting the. Seven chickens and up
1: nope, seven uh, buff orpingtons.
0: Uh so we started producing the eggs and we give them eggs um a couple times a month. Uh but then the other neighbor no neighbors never even heard the chickens. Um and it wasn't until we were selling our house that the neighbor next to us, they're the ones that ended up buying it. And when they did the tour, they're like, Oh my god, they have
1: chickens? Yeah, they're like, We had no idea you had chickens. We're like, We could have been giving eggs this whole time? If we had known, I was like, Yeah, but whole point is so you don't know
0: right that's funny do they keep do they keep up yeah. with the chickens
1: they, they got their own chickens which i'm super excited about yeah we left
0: though because I, I we got a free coop on Craigslist, and then we threw some skis underneath it so we can move it around a little easier yeah. awesome and then i built a makeshift mega cage around the coop so it was in the back corner of our property and they can leave their coop and hang around during the day. Um, that way, if I couldn't get out of there, open the door, close the door, at least they're secure, we would not have to worry about it.
1: Because there was a lot of hawks in that area.
0: Sure. And a lot of missing cats. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to lose any chickens. Yeah.
1: No bad with those cats, but don't take my chickens.
0: <laughs> I just have one question. How do you find skis in Texas? Craigslist.
1: <laughs> there's always those like, hey, swing by, there's a whole bunch of free stuff in front of my house, and I'll be like, okay, I see like I see wood I can use. I see some like fencing I could use, so I'll go and you know, grab ID. Every once in a while there's something you're like, oh ski. Cause we used to be really good at the show called uh Homestead Rescue.
0: I like that show. It's ridiculous, that. but I like it.
1: It's ridic- it is ridiculous. And I'm sure like 90% of it's fake, but it gives you such good ideas about what you can do on your property for like really cheap and how to like resource
0: things. Yeah.
1: Cheap too. And so that's how we got started too, is watching that show because we were locked in our hats. And we're like, what can we do to do outside things in our backyard and not be stuck in the hats?
0: Yeah, my job was drastically scaled back because I was working in the solar industry doing solar sales and nobody wanted you in their home. And at that point, nobody was buying solar until, like, the summer hit when everybody was in their own for six months and their electric bills went through the roof. Oh. Yeah.
1: Second, you have to trim my AC on in Texas.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I the think were, that first year with COVID, summer was really beneficial to us because I sold a lot of deals. I, think, I mean, like 30.
1: And you never had to leave the house.
0: I never had to leave the house. I had, like, 30 grand in, like, two months. And it really helped out because I didn't work for, like, a year after that. So, are living off the uh, savings? Nice. So, are you both doing uh, the farm full time then? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We have off financial it. mistakes that kind of uh, he capped us a little. He capped us a little bit. So, I'm going to be picking up some part time work, um, working like 10 hours a week, potentially selling solar again online. Because um, the goal is not to leave the farm for work. Uh, that, Now it's going to be doing solar sales or data entry work, whatever it is to kind of recoup the money that we lost as we kind of forecasted the profits that we made from selling our house will allow me not to work for two years. Um, That way we can get our business off, off the ground and then hopefully within a year and a half, we have enough customer base to sustain ourselves.
1: Best late planings.
0: (laughs) So getting into that a little bit more. So, seems like you guys bought the prop well you know through seriously handshakes right (laughs) you guys got the property and you got like right to work like this is going to be a fun like functional farm this is going to make us money how did you decide to like make that happen so we knew wherever it was going to be this property or another property it was we're going to make it into a functional farm because we wanted it to go back to that holistic lifestyle and create healthier food, just because we're noticing more and more of the food that you're buying in the stores, you could not even pronounce the ingredients that were, that were making it. And we really saw a drastic in our health when we both jumped onto the carnivore diet. And so we buy it directly from a rancher. So there are no hormones, vaccines, stuff like that. So it's hundred percent healthy animal from start to finish. And so like, well, this is what we want to do. We want to provide a healthy option for people to eat. And so we decided that we wanted to do regenerative farming because we were. Uh, she was listening to Jules Salatin a lot. Um, and so we're looking at pastured poultry. But he's like, well, you can either lease lease land, or if you have land, you can do this on an acre or two acres. And so we're like, okay, well, we plan on getting at least 20 acres. And I know more than 10 acres because as a sale veteran in Texas, as soon as I own the land, uh, or
1: give all the title, I don't have to pay property taxes anymore. As a 100% veteran. Yeah, in Texas. In Texas. Yeah. Uh, it's not, but in Texas, which is one of the reasons we chose Texas, was because he has that, um, I don't know what you call it, advantage.
0: Yeah, an advantage because I served our country. Yeah. Uh, and so we would truly. That's a great uh, advantage. Yeah. And yeah. so we would truly own our land. So the government can never take it because we didn't pay property taxes. That's one that. I hate is like nobody truly owns their home. Own. Try not paying your property tax due year and see what the government does. Yeah. Um, so we just wanted to provide a helping option for people to um buy from. And then we I started learning more about raw milk. So we're like, well, let's get a cow. And so we got a cow. <laughs> and so we're we're uh, working on producing raw milk. And we're like, well, let's try making cheese. So we started making cheese and so. Originally, is just going to be pastured poultry, and then we've kind of branched off into these other things and uh, doing, and it's kind of grown the amount of products that we can offer to people, which will drastically increase our revenue base as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, doing doing a head count of your livestock, so do you have egg layers and meat birds as well? Like, you have both?
1: Yes. So right now we have... Uh, three. We have 140 broilers.
0: Yeah, we have 140 broilers. Totally we down. have 70 broilers that are going to be up for slaughter on September 9th. So mm-hmm. that'll be our first slaughter.
1: Not the very first one we've done. We've done it you know, in the past.
0: We've done it but... in the past. And then we've also slaughtered birds that have died. Um, and we fed it to the dogs, of course. No, that is. Isn't that human meat? This is going to be your doctor? Or <laughs> not? Uh, yeah, so not- nothing goes to waste on this property. Um, everything has a, has a purpose. Um, uh, so we get our 140 birds. We have 25, um, Rhode Island reds yes. for our layers. Um, and then we have just a mix of variety of birds in our master coop. Um, uh, but we plan on getting more Rhode Island reds as soon as those 25 are fully grown and producing that way we could get at the base line of clientele that are buying eggs. So there's nothing worse than having more birds producing. We had a buddy that had like two hundred chickens and they were all doctors. He had three clients and he always had excess amount of eggs.
1: He's like, please take them, please. I
0: was like, I don't want to take three eggs, I'll buy them. Yeah. And like he's like, No, just take them. I was like, But well, we want to support you. Right, we're trying to support you, but I also don't want, want you- I don't need this many eggs. Yeah. Your your buy one get three free sale is uh not, um, not that yeah.
1: bad. And oh my God, we tried to send so many people his way too. And I was just like, oh, I was like, friend, you you just went too hard, too quick.
0: Oh, yeah. And we ended up having a relationship with him because we found out that he was, because uh, he would get produce that went bad at the stores to give to his chickens. And so I um, found that he was selling that produce to people. So he, yeah. he was getting produce that was thrown away at grocery stores, selling it to people that saying it he grew it. That's sketchy. Yeah, that's but, super yeah. sketchy.
1: Yeah, we reported it because that's not huh, okay. Is, that's yeah. a
0: health. That's it's super like dangerous. You need to get sick. It's the first time that's happened in Austin too. There's like a lot of scam artists when it comes to, like health.
1: health. So there's, yeah, because it's guy. everyone's in the health in Austin supposedly.
0: There's a guy in Austin that was buying milk from the grocery store that's just regular milk, and he was selling this raw milk.
1: Yeah, he was going to like farmers markets, putting it in like glass vases and jars, like like this and then saying it was raw milk and I'm like, you can't do that to people. Like you have to have integrity or else this all goes to poop.
0: So yeah, but times are hard financially, but don't skip that, don't skip, skip, people. skip people. Wow. All that stuff like goes around, comes around. It's just yeah. a matter of it's just a matter of time, but sometimes people don't get their uh the justice that they're owed. Or or do, or uh whatever, do. right? Yeah. Do. Yep. Yeah. Um so then so then your cattle. So you're you bought you bought one. You got one heifer. So Oh, this is a fun story. So this this we made her first mistake. We okay we rushed and do it because she's like, let's get Dexter cows because 'cause they're tiny. And
1: we want A two ATU. We have to have A two A
0: So we drive almost all the way up to Oklahoma. So it's about six hour drive to the north part of Texas, but didn't go into Oklahoma. Uh Get up there and it starts down The monsoon came through. monsoon came through and we get there and the couple's like, Oh, you brought the trailer. We thought you were just going to look at the cow. They don't know we want to buy them. So we didn't even look into like the demeanor of the cow or married of the cow, the history of the cow, which works for the buy. Just, we drove this far, we're going to pick them up. Never do that.
1: Always drive, look at the cow first. Get to know the owners, get to know the cow's history, get to know the cow first day. Is she easy to work with? Like, does she come? Does she run away from the owners who she sees every day? Like, and,
0: and so we good to know a trailer. And it took us a while to load up mom. She was she was the easiest. Probably took us about fifteen twenty minutes to load her up. Yeah, but the baby was difficult. The cat. And so, oh, yeah, her calf. We're for maybe forty-five minutes to an hour. We were chasing him around, and he was jumping through barbed wire, got scratched on his face, and we finally got him after I tackled him and got him, dragged him into the trailer, and then it starts downpouring again, and the trailer gets, the truck gets stuck in the mud. Oh no oh it's just sign after sign like do not take this cow with you
1: yeah i got god the universe whatever yeah. it was like do not take these cows i've given you every sign in the world and so do day- not take them home the day- we literally had to call the nape their nape to come and tow us out of the mud and then tow us up the hill so we can get out of the neighborhood.
0: yeah <laughs> and so that happened and we had the cows for about a month and we ended up bringing them to the auction house because there's just more trouble than dealing with that was a Two thousand dollar mistake because it cost us twenty five hundred dollars to get them plus gas going up there and back. So we lost about two thousand dollars after we sold them at the auction. So always yeah. do, yeah. And so always do your due diligence, to learn about the cow, uh, what their demeanor should be, and then go visit that cow. Uh, don't bring your trailer. I don't mean want to take them home. Yeah, okay, you, okay, you may want to take them up and bring your trailer. So that was sign one of God telling us not to do something. Uh what was the second sign, not the sea drill. Well, this was the second sign? I think so. Uh but then we, then we ended up getting you know, So the next towels were the jerseys. Oh, we started one jersey. Well, well we had to. Yeah, you know, we had to, unfortunately, the calf, her calf died of overeating disease. Uh had it, spores on the ground apparently. That, yeah, so we learned from the doctor when there's severe droughts or severe flooding.
1: Which we're in a, an exceptional drought right now.
0: That the the spores um that cause overeating disease um will attack calves lambs and uh horses the the young the young ones and so it just it rots their gut and causes
1: them to overeat and then um, the dog you yeah. I mean yeah. her gut was because he did it I had a necropsy on her because we wanted to know at least what happened so if there was something we could have prevented it we would be more aware yeah, he's like, there's nothing that you can
0: I mean, like once they once they get affected, they die within 24 to 48 hours.
1: And there's no something. There's yeah. a, she was doing cow zoomies all around because we do intensive uh, rotational grazing. Yeah, we move just so them I do every day. And whenever we move her, she always says, "Zoo around her new pen." And she was doing her little cow zooies, being super cute. And the next morning, we came out and she was just gone. She was just stiff as a rock.
0: Wow. Yeah. What a gut punch.
1: It was. It was definitely the most terrible moment on this farm so far. And he stabbed himself.
0: Yeah. Almost second said was we were looking at getting a seed drill for the property so we could plant uh, cover crops for the uh, the fall. Um, And so we drive three and a half hours to this one location, and like I looked at the seed drill online. And then going there in person, it was a lot bigger than what I thought it was. And I was like, well, I don't think our tractor is going to be able to all this, let alone like, how the hell are we going to get this off flatbed? Uh, and so my gut was just not, I was not listening to my gut. And so we kept on loading it, loading it and taking it apart. And he's like, Hey, here's a knife. Cut the zip tie over here. So I could undo this hose. And so, it looked like a dull butter knife, and so it was not. It was not. It was super, super sharp, and it cut through that zip tie like butter, uh, and then it cut into my hand as well. Oh,
1: yeah! So I was, was expect that. They can go to the hospital. You no. Know, so
0: then we went to three different emergency rooms that would not take uh, the VA care. Yeah. So under Donald, draw that. Yeah, under Donald Trump, I was able to go to any hospital and get care. Under a, a Biden, they renamed all those contracts and they drastically reduced them. So now I, there's only certain hospitals I can go to if care.
1: Yeah, because we had to go to the literal BA in Victoria, I think it was. Yeah, in Victoria. We had to go to the literal BA and be like, hey, can you tell us what hospital? As was sitting there like with blood ever, all over his shirt had, and stuff. And I see patients there? I'm like, can you guys stitch this up for me? Because if, if you guys are going to stitch this up, I'm just going to go to
0: Walgreens to go get super glue. Yeah, but it it didn't. It didn't hurt. It it wasn't in pain. It was burning and Bleeding. well, it wasn't really bleeding. Uh, It was one of those empty cavities in the hand that doesn't produce a lot of blood. Um, Although it was just like an open wound, basically, yeah, burning and inconvenient. Uh, And I was just like, yeah, like can you guys stitch this up? Because I mean, you guys are a hospital, right? They're like, yeah, but. You're not a patient down here, so we can't see you.
1: Yeah. I'm like when well, I'm on So, if you have to go to the Central Texas VA, that's two hours away. To like four
0: hours. Four hours. Four hour drive to the VA center that I
1: can go see
0: care I'm like, I'm a veteran. 100% <laughs> disabled veteran. What do you think you can't see? And they're like, well, you go to the hospital down there.
1: We're like, thank you today. <laughs>
0: uh, like, like, every step of that is wrong. Just like, the first stop should have been the only stop. Like this is, that's Well, I always tell people. I was like, if you want socialized healthcare, look at the veterans affairs. I like that socialized health. Yeah. They should get like the best uh, care, not the worst. Care. Like what is, I don't know. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, that's why I don't go to the VA. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, I, I, I had like three, three or four questions and I forgot all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so okay so I, I i did write a couple of them down uh so you had mentioned a2 a2 i have heard of a2 but can you explain uh, for people like what what is a2 when you're looking for a right dairy cow right
1: okay so a a2 a2 there's proteins in the milk there's as far as i understand there's a1 a2 which is there's two different proteins and there's a2 a2 which is one protein apparently it's easier for your gut to break down one protein Instead of breaking down two, it's just simple. That's the dumb version my uh, cow mentor gave us, the lady we got our jersey from. Our jersey's actually not A2A2. Um, She was artificially inseminated with a calf, and our calf actually was A2A2. Oh. One to die, unfortunately. Right. Um, Yeah, so we still don't have an A2A2, but that's okay because our dairy cow right now is a dream. Like, you have... We went from having tr- Moody Trudy, which was our first dairy cow. Op. Her name was Trudy. So I didn't make up Moody Trudy so much as, and it was just big. Um, that's good. Doing anything with her was a struggle. Getting her to go anywhere, milking her was a struggle. Like she just did not like people. She did not like us. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. We weren't the best fit.
0: For her. Yeah. I mean, in our in our morning chores, the evening chores were taking like
1: She added an hour.
0: An hour under our chores was with just her. And so like our morning chores have dra- dropped down to 45 minutes to an hour. And our evening chores are down to 45 minutes. So yeah systems now that's good. You grow the farm, those 45 minutes will probably turn back into an hour and a half, two hours, but that will be because we're producing a lot more product. Gotcha. Um, so you just have the jersey. Are you looking to get another calf or another cow? Or We did get a rescue calf um, for her. Um, that way she wouldn't feel all the emotional distress and stop producing milk. Yeah, she's also
1: taking care of it, which is crazy.
0: And she does take care of the calf and they've kind of bonded. Um, they didn't bond for like the first day and a half. Um, but then we one day I saw her giving her, licking her and cleaning her. I was like, finally, because she's accepted her. Yeah, she like, like, pulls up
1: on her. She pulls up her udder right next to her mouth. Well, the calf doesn't drink from her udder. Um, We're still working on that. We're trying to get Oh, okay. We should be working on that. We're not really. I try when I'm out there. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to do it by yourself. And it's kind of hard to get you to do it with your hand. Yeah.
0: I have a lot of labor stuff I haven't been able to do with my hand. Normally, I milk the goat. Um, now she's doing that. Yeah.
1: Luckily, we built everything on the farm. So only one person, if it comes to that, if one of us gets hurt for some reason... Because we do have a lot of accidents. There's a reason it's called Bato. Um, <laughs> one hundred percent. If everyone in my family had bets on me going to the hospital first because of a farm incident, and everyone lost because he went.
0: What I went I- up in the ER because she's she's more accident prone than I am. She's been in the ER multiple multiple times uh, since we've been dating. I've only been in the ER once. That's because I took a picket pounder to the head. Um, yeah, and this when we were doing the fencing in our backyard, so I was just like pick it, pick it, pick it, and then it went to eye and I missed the picket and then went straight down onto my head. Oh, oh my god,
1: yeah, wasn't a good day.
0: I still have the scar and your mold, and, and so it was a double whammy, yeah, and I and, 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 and I bald, so it's a double whammy, Yeah, it's still still healing. Or no, let's not scraped my head on the chicken coop, no, from uh. We were trying to get access tail here. Yeah, we were trying to get access tail hair as that was holding on to it, pulling his tail hairs out, and he bumped me up and hit the hit the top of the shed and scraped my head open. But that wasn't an ER visit, it was just superficial woman. Yeah, we just put duct t- duct tape on that.
2: <laughs>
0: you guys need a solid med kit at, at home. Oh, we, do. We're we not,
1: get everywhere. We have <laughs>
0: a really We had a giant solid med kit, but I mean duct tape and glue. Sounds like Christine has the quantity aspect of going to the ER, but Clint here has the uh, quality. Just like, if you're going to go, you got to go big. Tear your hand wide open, head wide open. Oh, yeah. Well, she took a table saw to her finger. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I got super into building my old wood for a quick minute. and
0: Well, I was showing her how to use a table saw. She's like, I got this. I'm like, are you sure? I was in the house for like ten minutes, and I just hear screaming. Yeah, I really-
1: finger, but it's all messed up. We call it my, my witch's finger. Can I see like, it? Well, I don't know if you can really see it, but you can a see like, bit. How it's like it's profaned, and then like the palm of it is kind of messed up because it literally sliced it in half, like oh, were, like two two different like.
0: So it's split things. this way. Nice.
1: Split right in between. <laughs> 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 I
0: bet she stepped on a. Uh,
1: It's a, I think it's called a Kana hoe. It's a Japanese gardening hoe. It's It's like a Lord Anne. Yeah,
0: super sharp. Like, literally, you could take paper next to it and cut the paper. And she was in the garden, working on the garden.
1: Barefoot, because I'm grounding.
0: And she set it upside down, and it was, like, 50 miles an hour uh, wind going on. And she got blown over, (sighs) stepped on it, and sliced her three times. What is it with the camera? It's not. I don't know, babe they like they like didn't they like it got real new focus yeah that's a that that's all right uh <laughs> all right <your> foot <laughs> so so the fafo uh have you has has that like you you said like your your area like in Texas, like that people kind of like that so has they that been, been like a it. Yeah, well that is. Okay, so that's been good for marketing for you guys? Oh, yeah.
1: Like, I, I was when we first aimed at that. I'm like, are people going to think we are not serious about the food? And, like, we're not, like, we're just, like, not taking it seriously. And we're, like, the food is not good or whatever. But, like, they love it. Like, we went to our first market, like, two weeks ago. I
0: oh, it was, like, a week ago. I Last week. I'll Saturday and try to supply. Yeah, like, two weeks ago. at tried to supply at a farmer's market. Cool. And it- Anybody that has a local farm can sign up for the uh, farmer's market. Oh, let's sign up. Yeah, I know. It's great. And so I reached out to my market. Um, we got to do all my marketing stuff for my campaign for city councils. Said, hey, can you like do a rush order on a tablecloth? Uh, because we weren't expected to do a farmer's market. So quick. And brush one through. Got the FAFO farms with a cannon shooting the chicken and come and tasted it. And then we, uh, we set up and. A lot of people they saw it and they just started laughing. They're like oh And they beelined from their cars. And they're like, What is this about? They're like, Tell me more. Like uh, what do you sell? I was like, Well, we're selling soap right now. Like, soap. I was like, Yeah, we're, we're we our main business is password poultry, but we just our birds aren't ready for processing yet. Um, that will be on September 9th. You can do a pre-order if you want to buy any a week prior. So we already got three people that are interested in buying our password poultry.
1: And and so we were giving out free raw milk tastings. Because a lot of people don't know anything about raw milk. They'd never even tried it. So that was really fun. Yes, we had milk
0: from the cow and the goat there for people to try. And then we were giving out free cheese. So we're like, anybody that buys a bar of soap or wants to become a customer gets a free roll of cheese. And so we had Italian herb, jalapeno, or smoked jalapeno, and plain. And then we also had samples of each one for people to try. And people love the cheats. And so, like, someone's like, Oh, let me go get my my wife. She'll love this. And came back like an hour later with his wife. And she's like, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll be a customer. I'll buy some soap and I'll get that. One guy bought like six bars of soap. And so,
1: if he's people. been back, I don't know what he's doing with the soap. I don't
0: care. He, but he keeps coming back for more. Came back to our, he came back to our house two days ago to buy some more soap or get some more. Uh, well, he bought the soap for his friend. Then he bought uh, he donated uh, some money. Uh, and then we gave him some raw milk because it's friend wanted to buy some raw milk, so we brought him get all of raw milk. Nice. Yeah. What's what are the raw milk laws down in Texas? Is it just no issues or so it needed to be a grade A dairy. Um, and so their information is super outdated. It really needs to be revitalized, the law needs to be changed because literally they'll say the the structure that's required to be compliant for a grade A dairy, just to the electrical portion, it doesn't even go over the electric portion. He says, you need to have 10 long candles of lighting to be compliant. What the hell does that even mean now that we have electricity?
1: Also, I'm pretty sure if you like the inspector showed up and you just had 10 long candles, they would immediately fail your inspection. So they're like, that's a fire ass.
0: Sure. Yeah. That is so, you should just do it just to like comply, right? Just like, here me my know. 10 long candles. I kind of want to a little. Well, I mean, I don't, what we should do is build it to proper coat nowadays, but just like hide the lighting, like have it just covered up and then just have 10 small candles. Facility.
1: Do a big Romeo, pull off the sheet off our big light or something later. Yeah.
0: Get light fixtures that just look like candles.
1: Yeah, there you go there you go love that it said 10 long cables right it's this right here in the
0: bit for 10 long cables, yeah and, uh when we brought that to the usda here locally and they're, they're, they're like they were laughing they were laughing they're like, they're
1: like what I, I love i brought out the sheet i was like can you explain to me what this means because we want to build code we want to be legal we want to be able to provide our community with awesome amazing raw great deer.
0: Well, there's no micro dairies around here. So none of the people around here knew anything about it on how to quiet for a dairy. farm.
1: Yeah. And so many people at the market were like, oh, my God, I love this. This is amazing. Like a lot of the older women were like, I had a cow when I was a kid. Our family had a cow. And I haven't had at raw milk since I was like 13. And I was like, I'm glad I can perform that for you. But like, I'm sad that you don't have that anymore. And like the family cow has just gone away.
0: So in your area, are you like nope nobody else is doing raw milk in your area? closest one's about 45 minutes to an hour away. Wow, that's a good little corner that you've got where you're at. Only one other person doing pastured
1: poultry out here, and he doesn't like doing it.
0: Well no, the guy that owns the uh, the barbecue place that we eat and then then that one meat shop that we went to yeah, the guy that
1: owns the meat shop. Oh, okay, I'll send it the other guy. Yeah, we, we met someone actually right before we bought this property who actually lives in this town. He does pasture poultry as well. But he actually focuses on uh, the Hibidus family. They also have a family farm. They focus on like spices and stuff like that, like rumen okay. pepper and like they make their own vanilla extract and stuff like that. He's not a huge he's like, I'm actually trying to get away from the pasture poultry. I'm not a huge fan. Oh, you didn't really go into it but we love doing it, so. Good.
0: You're uh. So, are you in your pasture poultry model? Are you moving like a chicken tractor every day, or are you yeah. doing like Premier One netting? So we don't do the Premier uh, netting around the chicken tractors just because they're so secured. And then we have uh, a mammoth donkey that kind of hangs around them because they they spread all their feet. All, all yeah, that goes of, everywhere. She loves eating. She loves feeding the feet, so she hangs around the chicken tractors at night. So she's basically the protector. Um, now, the chicken shawl that we have for our eggers, that does have a premier fencing around it. To keep them safe. To keep them safe. Even though they don't like to stay in it, they like to squeeze through the hole. They're day. still really young. They're probably
1: like nine weeks.
0: Yeah, they still have about four weeks before they can no longer fit through the, the netting. But they they wander around the property during the day, and then they'll go to a secure spot during the night. Um if it's yeah, if it's in one of the because we got three different areas, we always have one area pre kind of pre set up. So when we do move the net the following day or, or right now we're moving them every two days from each netting. The chicken carter gets moved twice a day just because they literally mow the grass down to the to the dirt. So they have to get moved twice a day or they're basically living on top of their filth. Uh, for 24 hours. So that's the last thing we want them to be doing.
1: Yeah, the whole point of doing pasture poultry is to do a better poultry where they're not breeding in their fecal matter all day. They're not.
0: Uh, but yeah. as soon as we get the cover crops going and the thicker vegetation, because there's not a lot of vegetation on the property, um, once we get all that done, we won't have to move the chicken tractor twice a day. we do move it once a day. Nice. <clears throat> Excuse I me, never- and then go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just saying right now, like the number one thing we're focusing on is uh, regenerating our soil because it was completely destroyed. Oh, we can't do that until it rains. Yeah. Well, we're we're regenerating it right now by having them on the thing, moving them every day, and they poop everywhere.
0: We can't regenerate the soil until we plant seed. You can't plant seed until it rains. Of course. Just do that poop on it doesn't regenerate.
1: Oh yeah, I know. But we're putting inputs to it right now, natural way.
0: You're just getting in the. In the motion, right? You're just creating habits. good habits. There you go. Yep. Routine procedures, protocols. Yeah. So your your goats, how many goats do you have?
1: Three, uh, two female Nubians and one male Nubian. Yeah. One's in milk. The other is a little bit younger. We're going to breed her next year. And then we have a uh, billy.
0: And so you're just keeping the Billy for breeding purposes, or? Yeah, we're going to use him for breeding purposes. And then once we're done with him, and then he's going to become meat. So he'll be a dual purpose goat. Yeah, that's why we want the new because they're dual purpose. They're good for milk and meat. Uh, and then we'll get another male. Um, probably get a better stock of line. Uh, I like, because I like him just because of his color scheme layout. Um, but we're not doing show goats. So, right. work is better on meat quality and milk quality. Um, that'll be our next line. Uh, I know Nubians are big out here. Um, one of the local, uh, hardware stores, there's a young gentleman that I talk to all the time. I'm buying stuff for the projects we're working on. The farm. This family specializes in Nubian goats. Um, they they have anywhere between 800 and 1,200 head of yeah. Newbe goats. Holy smokes! Yeah, they, the they, heck of a lot of goats. They're yeah, they're on they're on 1,100 acres, so they got a lot of land. Uh, but he says the the reason why they have so many goats is because in Texas the uh, the worms are. A big issue for goats. Yeah, he says they lose about thirty to forty goats a month just to worm uh oh, wow. and that and that's another reason why we're doing regenerative farming. And also the rotation of the grazing and the rotation for grazing is because you'll have the cattle and then you'll have the chickens and you'll have the goats and then you'll have the chickens again, and that that eradicates diseases on, on the land. So you're not going to have to worry about getting your your animals dewormed. You're not have to worry about getting your animals vaccinated. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, they clean up after each other and having them move every day to a different spot and letting the land rest and having that natural cleaning system come through with the sunlight and the yi-rays. I mean, for us it seems like the best way to go. Because we actually haven't had any warbing problems. No. Like I was super scared about orbiting problems because everyone's freezing about words and goats and stuff like that. And I've been freaking out. But like we have had their soul tested a couple of times and nothing and I'm just like they thought. I'm sure one day we'll have a problem with it, but hoping not. (laughs) I pray not, but you know, it is farming, so
0: yeah. Has your uh, your goats been contained pretty well, or have they all escaped at some point?
1: Oh, there's I think it was
0: like two days ago. They're on timeout for a week because uh, May, the oldest one, yeah, she's the alpha. uh, She clears the premier fencing. And one hop. And, and she knows she can do it. And she knows she can do yeah. it. And so we got to put them on timeout for a week before they get put back off. And then they're good for about two, three weeks. And then she gets a little Uppity. up at age, jumps over. And see she jumps over, the other two want to escape too.
1: Yeah. They're, they have, it's funny to watch this, but they literally have separation anxiety. Yeah. So like, May is super attached to us. So if we're with her a lot, she wants to be with us. And there was one week where she kept ending up at our front door. And I was like, we're, we're here. I love you, but don't be here. And so we've actually had to, stay, to step back from the dogs a little bit. because so we used to spend like a lot of time with them. Like we hang out in her pen and all that stuff. But we found that the more we did that, the more May would pop the fence and come want to be with us. And we also have four dogs, which are not farm dogs. Well, three of them. Are but we don't want any accidents to happen because of our, I don't know how to put it, our caring and not caring.
0: Right. Uh, I, I, not me so much.
1: Yes. He was, for, I was built for rescue.
0: <laughs> not con- I, w- I went on like a binge of like watching like, pack goats. Cause I'm thinking about getting like pack goats and yeah. maybe sell it as like a service for like hunting or backcountry camping or whatever. And this guy that does pet goats out in Idaho, he's like, my like, I have dogs and I love dogs, but goats make better dogs than dogs do, and just oh, like yeah. they have like this, they're they're like a great, uh, they're just a great animal for kids to grow up around, and yeah, they're super. Treat them like a dog, yeah. Yeah, Mando the male, he was bottle fed, so. He's on the... So cuddly.
1: He just wants to cuddle with you. Yeah, and like, if, if you sit, like, we used to have a chair in their pen, because I would sit in there and read and hang out with them. And if you sat down, he immediately would try to crawl up into your lap. And I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> Second part, you're too big. Get up. I'm like, you're out later, like, i 120-pound goat. You can't be doing this, bro.
0: <laughs> How often do you have to trim their hooves? Uh, we actually haven't trimmed them since we've gotten them. Yeah. Uh, they actually break their the tips of their hooves off constantly. Because they're always trying to re- reach over the gate. So they always, always break them. So we haven't actually had to trim them.
1: Yeah, we're having our ferry come out on Sunday, though, to take care of our donkeys. So he's going to look at the rest of our animals while he's out here this time. Because last time when he was out here to be them, he's like, they're all good. But that was about...
0: Nothing
1: happened, though, yeah.
0: Yeah, when we got the mammoth donkey, her, those were severely overgrown. And so we're like, oh, we need to get a farrier here ASAP.
1: Yeah, because when we got our mammoth donkey, we got our mammoth donkey from a guy who rescues donkeys. But he used to rescue donkeys when he was younger. And now he's like in his 70s or 80s. And he's like, I can't take care of all these donkeys anymore. So I need someone else to take to rescue them. So that's how we got her. And so, like, she was, she was definitely worth the drive. Yeah. We drove all the way to Oklahoma for her, and she is the sweetest. Like, the second she sees you in the morning, she comes running over. She very, she nestles her head in your chest, or she'll go behind your back and, like, nothing your back. But I've also seen her stomp out a squirrel to death that tried to save you. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. And it's hilarious. I'm just like, she has such a personality. She's like, I love you, but don't mess with me. So it's like 100% like a 900 pound animal. I may be sweet, but recognize
0: that. If you guys set aside, we're going to get a jack for another mammoth donkey because there's no other mammoth donkeys in Central Texas. So we'll end up starting to breed her so we could start selling mammoth donkeys. And is that, what is, okay, (laughs) what is it about a mammoth donkey that's desirable? So, first off, every mammoth donkey in the United States is a descendant from George Washington's donkey. Hmm. Um, secondly is their size. Uh, they're massive. They're, they're massive. They're more closer to a horse, and they're a lot bigger than most horses.
1: Well, not most horses, but she's about 12 hands, so she's a big girl. So she's a big, big girl. Uh, For a donkey. And a lot further She's just super sweet. Yeah, I think ho- I think I heard
0: ho- um, donkeys could be like smarter than horses too. Like they're probably, she like
1: really she 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 figured out we ha- had to switch a couple of the locks on our fences because she figured out how to open up the chain and get out and then go where the feed is. Like she's super smart. There's been a couple of times we we're in the middle of milking and Clint's like, "Your friends here." And they're like, "What?" what? And I look around behind me and there's Penny putting her big fat face in the feed and I'm just like, "What?"
0: A th- that's funny. And then you can sell donkey milk, or yeah, yes, it's, it's not a large volume. So think of it like goat's milk.
1: Yeah, you get about two quarts max.
0: Yeah, they don't have big buckets, so they don't produce. There's not a lot of a large volume, and so that's why people don't typically sell donkeys as a product to sell. Okay. Um, but mammoth donkey would be a great product for. Labor, if we want someone wants to use them for the land or companion animals.
1: Yeah, because we also got got her just because she's sweet. <laughs> Terrible financial decision, but I don't know. So, are you, have you guys
0: trained her at all, to, or or planning on training her to like move anything if you needed to, like put a harness on her or something?
1: We don't because
0: she's like thirteen years old. And I know they, uh, they live up to be about 50. Um, but we don't know her her background. And so we haven't taken her to the vet to see if...
1: We got a wellness check, but not like a full...
0: Yeah, you know, we haven't done. Just to like Can she sustain uh, putting a saddle on her and stuff like that? Cause the last thing we want to do is having her start dragging stuff. And then she has got a bad back. Or something. Sure. Let's yeah,
1: Kenny. They, but yeah, the main thing is the milk. The milk actually... You, a lot of people want donkey soap. It's kind of like goat's milk soap, but it's donkey soap. But apparently it just has a lot more vitamins and minerals and stuff in it for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I would, do you guys
0: ever get your stuff like tested to see like what the like levels of this and that are in your cow uh, milk and your goat milk? And...
1: We're actually super excited. We're getting ready to send some stuff off to the lab. This, not this week, because obviously it's Friday. We'll
0: probably, we'll probably end up sending milk into the lab probably towards the end of October once
1: we oh, it's fun on doing the next week
0: <laughs> No, we're gonna do it towards the end of October once we've kind of finalized the plans for the milking structure uh Because sure. I, I don't like jumping ahead um, and getting things done that aren't a priority so I want to get the structure done first and then once we get the structure done schedule the inspection and then once we've scheduled the inspection, the then we'll send out the milk to get tested because so it'll probably take about a month for the inspector to come out. So by then, we'll have the results from the milk done, and we can use that because I know they're typically sticklers and they want something that's typically fresh that's been tested. So is that being yeah recent? Because I know they could say, "Well, have you been feeding the cow the same thing?" And if things change with that it's cow's health. So they want the most recent and most up to date testing.
1: Yeah, I think you have to get the sample within like twelve to twenty four hours before sending it in. Which I'm like, that makes complete sense because why would you send in old milk?
0: Right. Yeah. So, would you say that the biggest challenge in just getting started has been the r- laws and like rules and regulations and all this, all this stuff? Like that's it's 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 been. And they make it very difficult.
1: And it's like you want to do the right thing, really do. Like we have been trying to do the right thing every step of the way and we continue to do that. But like the... For the past
0: right training, I literally have been trying to call their office, just ask questions. And I drove down to Austin where their main office is located at. Get down there, walk in. And nobody goes to the office anymore. They all work from home. But they don't answer their phone. So I'm like, well, can I go up to the office and grab the proper paperwork? No, you're not allowed to go up there because nobody's in the office. I'm like, okay, how do I get the paperwork if I can't download it off the website?
1: Yeah, because the website just refreshes when you click the link. And we even went to the USDA up here It was like, we will show you that it does that. And she's like, oh, it does. That that sounds good. And I'm like, you're right. It's not. This is hindering people who want to bring other people great food for their community.
0: So yeah, it's like, we're going to continue moving forward anyways. And then uh, we finally got emailed back. But I was like, because we spoke with the USDA, they said, we'll email somebody. We'll take your email and they'll send you paperwork. I drove down I, I drove down to Austin. So I was like, okay, well, I've got everything that I can do. Now, uh, the government has made it difficult because they decided our employees don't have to go into work. We're not going to have our website actually accessible to the public to get the proper paperwork then they could take me to court and try to sue me or penalize me because I'm selling chicken and I'm not licensed. Well, I'm not licensed because you make it impossible to get licensed because you've hindered every possible step to get it done.
1: Yeah. Plus, our first batch, we're planning on getting a lot of it away. Yeah,
0: we plan on going to the fire station, the sheriff station, a local PD, that uh, local, local fire department, and then uh, also Gatesville is like a prison town. They got seven prisons out here. And so huh, yeah. yeah.
1: I we we opened in Gatesville. We live in a town of 300 people right outside of Gatesville, but our big city which is 16,000 16, people.
0: Which is the biggest employer uh, is the prisons. the prison system. And so i reaching out to like their union cuz I know they got a union out there. And then see if I connect with them to donate chicken to them free just to get some clientele to try some samples. Not like also just to beat people. I don't at that. I look at
1: clientele. I know, you. how I many this is why we work because he's all business and I'm all like the theory of fart. I bring that to business, <laughs> business, but um, I can care people's feelings. I know. But like, I remember the first time I tried pasture poultry, and I, it was like, I wouldn't say it's life changing, but it's a little life changing. You're like, oh my god, this is what chicken tastes like when properly. Like I had no idea. Like
0: we slaughtered our first pasture poultry chicken, and I was like, oh my god, the flavor is so much better. It's so different. It's like you've been living in the matrix, and then you finally get to taste what real food's like.
1: Exactly. It's like, and I can't describe it to people. And ever since we had that pasture poultry, I've been obsessed with it. And that's when I started like looking up Joel Salatin. And like Justin Rose, and like how many guys do Pastor tree and all this other stuff, and I was just like, oh my gosh! It like having good food makes you excited about food, and like when people are like, because we're we were 100% carnivore at one point, they're like, how do you eat just meat all day? I'm like, you don't understand. When you get meat from a rancher, not from the factory feedlots. When you get it from a rancher who also does regenerative um, farming, we get ours from KNC cattle out here in Central Texas. Like, it's different. The the mm-hmm. texture, the flavor, everything. Like, all we have to do is put salt and pepper on this meat, and it's amazing. It's mind-blowing. Like, it's really ruined other meat for us.
0: You don't have to season it to make it taste
1: good. No, it's, it's good on its own, and it's a completely different, like, vapor palette, or I don't know how you describe say that, but, yeah. It
0: just has real flavor to it.
1: Yeah, and it, it it's, like, going from eating, like, I guess, like a plain tortilla chip to like, I, well, that's a horrible example.
0: I don't, I don't even know what to say. No, I get what you mean. I I also made the same comparison because, like, I don't think that's talked about enough that you have to do so much less to prepare your food when it's real food compared to like grocery store, whatever junk meat. Um, you, yeah, you have to mask flavor you have to like put all this effort into it just to make it like palatable and where you can just do like salt and pepper and you're like yeah this is this is great
1: yeah like I I especially I tell people like tomatoes are pretty easy to grow and they're the like everyone eats puts tomatoes on things you tomatoes in your your spaghetti vegetable dish uh a lot of people just like tomatoes and things like just grow your own tomatoes for one season. And try those and then try going back to the grocery store. Yeah. You're not to be able to. It's a completely different vegetable. The ones you raise yourself, and when you've done the right by it and you've grown it organically and use good compost and all other stuff, it's a completely different vegetable than what you pick up in the grocery store, even though it still says run the tomato.
0: On the um laws and regulations in like the selling uh pasture pasture poultry. You guys have cottage food laws out there, so like under a certain amount of birds, you like don't need yeah. to bother yeah. USDA and uh, ten thousand birds.
1: Yeah, we thousand hey. Yeah. Texas is good about that. That's one good thing Texas is good about is it was capped at a thousand till I think two years ago. And then after COVID, they were like, We just need to open this up to more birds as people need it. I remember the chicken shortage we had where like I think it was like thighs or breasts. That we were sure on, and I was very confused because I'm like, are they growing chickens without thighs? Like, where are the thighs? But it's just, I think after that a whole chicken thing, they they were like, okay, let's just let people grow their food. What's the difference between a thousand and ten thousand when we have factory farmers doing like millions of birds a Sure, and we know which one is sleep
2: That's right.
0: What would you guys say the best part about? farming is uh well one being self-sufficient and spending time more time together
1: more time together is my but yeah definitely being more self-sufficient like if poop completely hit the fan we could survive pretty well out here we are not off the grid but you know that's something we're working towards because eventually we want to be a completely self-sustainable but we could eat we have a garden we have our cows we have our goats we have our chickens in a star and they go shoot the deer yeah oh another crazy thing is our um area is so prol- proliferated with deer that if you own land out here you can get up to 26 deer tags
0: for, for your property
1: yeah because we want they want you to be clearing the deer like there's so many need- smokes i mean they don't work I mean, last
0: month uh there's been about 20 30 dead deer on the side of the road. There just there's
1: so many here. yeah there's new roadkill every day.
0: That's just beating the coyotes. Holy smokes!
1: Yeah, so they're like they're like, please take the hunting tags. See, you animals know, Animals out here are big. I mean, even
0: the rabbits are out here are big. I mean, one day rabbit he light across the uh, road, and I was driving the Prius because I'm like with gas prices we use we use the Prius everywhere. Big big rabbit is beelines and then I hit it dead center of the car and it snaps the bumper and then bends the grill. Inside the Prius.
1: that's how big that rabbit was. Like, we will not starve, we have turkeys everywhere, too. So,
0: yeah, like, literally, I I blow my house, go that quarter mile, and there's like 14 15 turkeys just going down the dirt road. I'm like, if I had my pistol and then I pop one of you, not legal. (laughs) If I had a bow, you could shoot you could shoot out your car window with a bow if there's a turkey on the side of the road. Just get one of those like toy uh crossbows or whatever that have like, the bolts on them or, like this big? Oh a real mini parents have a mini crossbow place. Awesome. That's awesome. So to to wrap up a little bit here, what would you tell people that want to get started with uh just starting their own farm? I mean, they could, you know, jump right in like you guys or stick the like toe in the water. What would you guys suggest? Well, one thing I would suggest them is get started now. Don't wait. If you want to. Um, if you tr- this, is, this is something you truly want to do, do it now. The longer you wait, the harder it's going to be, especially as the, the dollar is getting deflated, so things are becoming more expensive than they were five years ago. So do it now while the dollar is still valued high. Um, and pick one thing that you want to start with. And so if you're gonna be focusing on crops, like a garden that you wanna focus on, I would look at what is a high cash value product for crops to sell. Right now, that is kale. So if someone wants to be producing, it's grow kale. You're gonna I think it's like a, for every three square meters, it's like a thousand dollars. They that you get for kale. kale. is very expensive right now, and it's all the people in California that are paying for their oh, kale, EL juices or Austin. Awesome. Yeah, you can, you can get a lot of money from kale or kale farmer. Um, and we don't want to go that route because it's going to take a lot of water and a lot of patience and a lot of maintenance. Um, we're going down the pasture poultry route, and then we just have other small products.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say start small and start where you can. Like, grow where you're planted. I have friends who started gardening on their apartment balconies. I have friends who kept two chickens in a giant fish tank in their apartment because they wanted to live it. <laughs> and they got like really awesome. quiet chickens. Yeah, they got really quiet chickens so they wouldn't be discovered. They did get away with it. But it's like you can do so much wherever you are. You just don't realize it. And start small, really try to find good, good mentors. We really looked out on our second cow because the people we bought them from they're amazing. They, they're like, hey, how are you guys doing? How's the cow doing? Is there anything we can help you with? Do you have any questions about feed or vet visits? Or no, they even offer to like hook us up with their AI, uh, artificial insemination guy. They're like, I don't know if you want to bring her all the way up here again, but if you want to bring her up here, we can get her AI'd again, and you know she can go back down and milk burn her and everything for you. And I was like, no, it's okay. But they actually like really truly care about the people where their animals stuff.
0: Yeah, they awesome. had somebody else looking at the cow, uh, the purchasing as well. And we came the day after they did it, and they're like, We like him better. They're like, You guys are super base, and you're military. <laughs> I, I can trust you. I was like, We can't trust everybody in the military. He looked at me weirdly. I was like, Yeah, you get, you can't trust Dan Crenshaw. And he started laughing. He's like, Now I really like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah. but You just have to be real authentic with people. And I think if you are, it'll shine through and they're going to want to help.
0: You. I mean, get, get tied into yeah. your community. That's what I'll Yeah. Nevertheless, you can, you can have the best product and you can have the best, whatever. But if you're not tied into your community, people are going to buy. From you.
1: Yeah. Cause we're direct to market. So we're really trying to sell directly to our community. We're not trying to sell like online to Japan or California or whatever. We really just want to supply our community of Gatesville with the best nutrition that we can.
0: No, I I think that's super important. So that like, look, local serve your local area. Yeah, it's like the John from Amber Oaks Ranch. Yeah, like he he's gotten inquiries like, hey, how do I buy from you? Like from people in other states, he's like, you know, I, I I appreciate it, but. You know, support your local rancher. Like, I, yeah. I, I deal around here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We get a lot of questions and people are like, hey, like, I, I we want to buy wild milk, but we live next Y and Z, and can you ship it to us? And I'm like, no, but. So we can, but it's not very really cheap. Well, no, we can't ship it, period. But, and I'm not going to, because I want them to go and support their local dairy. I want then and there's a wonderful website. I think it's called like real where you can actually put in your zip code and it'll bring up all the grade A raw dairies around. And I always give them that like some like support your local farmer. Like, please. Uh, what was, please. what was that site again? Uh, it's, I think it's called real Let me look it up real quick. I sent it to one. of my Yep. Friends. Raw milk finder. Awesome. There you go. Yeah, that's a that's a good one to have. Thank you. Definitely. And I, I share that with, I try to share that with as many people because we do get a lot of inquiries about getting raw milk. And I'm just like, I would love to help you, but I want you to support your there. Right. Plus, I just think shipping raw milk would be a little bit of a, I don't even know how you do that. Right. I don't know. I know, but I know, but I want them to have that, like, I want them to have the raw milk experience where it's been milked that day or the day before and then drink it. And from the, ground, you can go off and pet, like, Right. Yeah. It's all about sticking with your local people.
2: That's
0: right. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on or mention? No, we covered the community part. Uh, and then the other question were, oh, yeah, where do you get most of your materials? Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the source materials up Craigslist. If you don't have a lot of money, that's where we built a lot of our stuff.
1: Yeah. You can buy I, nice on there.
0: They literally. The one we were in our third of an acre property in Austin, the 33 raised garden beds, 100% resourced from Craigslist.
1: Yeah, the amazing wood, too. It came off of like a 200 year old barn that they had taken apart. So we got all that, like, thick, good logs for free. You know? Wow. We still got them. We brought them with us. Yeah. So, like, I was like, paying for It's a pay to move, but we also gave all the dirt away for free for a, a local community garden, which is nice. Nice. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't want to take the dirt with me, but if you all take the dirt, that'll be awesome. And I'll just take the box.
0: <laughs> yeah, I still browse Craigslist because I don't have Facebook. And my wife browses Facebook because she just doesn't like uh
1: It's the opposite for us. I'm on Craigslist every morning and he's on Facebook Market. And we're just like,
0: at least you got it yeah. covered, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, hey, uh, I've really appreciated this cut, co- like you guys joining me tonight. Um... This has been an awesome conversation. I learned a lot and had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, thank gentle
0: I am Matt DeRozier of Farm Hop Life. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and visit farmhoplife.com.
2: Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends. All I got now is we both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our first born, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm half life. Welcome to your farm. Me and the family, a trunk and an RV, send us a message. And...